Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. My name is Danielle Vogel, and you're listening to Everyday Enviro on Full Service Radio, a show about the little things you can do to minimize your personal carbon footprint. About six years ago, I left a career on Capitol Hill to open Glens Garden Market, a locally sourced grocery store, deli, and craft beer bar in DuPont Circle. I started the business because I'd come to realize that Congress was in no hurry to address climate change in a meaningful way. I decided I could have a much more tangible impact if I could activate my community to make a little progress every day. At Glens, we call it making progress one bite at a time. On Everyday Enviro, we'll share tricks and tips designed to empower you to take control of the pace of environmental progress you're making just by being a little bit more mindful about the way you eat, drink, shop, and think. Today, we're going to explore the easiest possible way to make incremental climate change progress drinking local beer. We're talking with Bill Butcher, founder of the storied, the decorated, the venerable Port City Brewing Company in Alexandria, Virginia, about the things he's thinking about when he's looking to put out great beer that's also great for the environment. Bill, here you are. Hey, Daniel, how are you? Ah, so good. I'm so glad to have you fresh off your big hat trick, triple win at the National Good Food Awards. (laughs) Thanks, it's great to be here with you, Daniel. (laughs) So it's no secret uh, that the Port City Optimal Wit is my favorite beer in the whole wide world. In fact, it's the only beer that's always on tap at Glens Garden Market. And I'm looking forward to letting our listeners in on why the Wit is not only a great American beer festival and world beer championship gold medal winner, but a three-time Good Food Award winner as well. So a little bit of background. The Good Food Awards were created to celebrate not only delicious food, but also to recognize producers who are really getting it right when it comes to treating their environment, their ingredients, and their community with respect. This year, Port City took home medals for their Monumental IPA, their Integral IPA, and their Essential Pale Ale, but their Optimal Wit, my favorite, has won the award three times and I'm excited to learn what it is you're doing that keeps landing you on the top of the list of the very best craft food and beverage producers in the country. So Bill, can you tell us, what makes the WIT special from an environmental perspective? Uh, What makes the WIT special from an environmental perspective is that it's the local ingredients that go into it. When we source our ingredients, we look all over the world, uh, all over the globe for the very best quality that's going to give us the characteristics and the flavor and the texture and the beer that we're making. And so we look globally first for the quality. Uh, if we can find the quality locally, we want to buy local. And we have partnered with um, a farm in Heathsville, Virginia, Bay's Best Feed. We've been working with them for the past five or six years to source our wheat that goes into optimal wit. And that's a big part of what makes that beer special. 
So how far from D.C. is that farm? It's about a two-hour drive. Okay, it's great. on the northern neck of Virginia in between the uh, Potomac River and the Rappahannock River. So quite, cl- quite close by. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Within, uh, within 100 miles. That's awesome. Um, and I've started to hear some rumblings about your Beer Grown Here campaign. Can you tell us anything about that? Yes. Beer Grown Here is uh, our marketing campaign this year just to get the word out that we're using local ingredients. We've been doing this for the past five years uh, because it's the right thing to do and it gives us the, the quality in the beer that we're looking for. What we haven't been doing a good job of is getting the word Telling out to beer drinkers. <laughs> so we finally, uh, our sales director, uh, John Gartner, along with our marketing team, uh, came up with this Beer Grown Here campaign that talks about the sourcing of our ingredients, uh, the quality that goes into it, as well as the impact we can have on local by using local agriculture and local inputs. Very cool. I think I remember that at, at one point you were also sourcing your glass from New York. Is that still the case? Yes. We Not only are we using the ingredients for the beer, um, which are local, uh, but yes, our, our bottles are sourced locally. They're, they're actually coming from uh, Tawano, Virginia. There is a glass plant just outside of Williamsburg, Virginia, and that's where we get our glass. And they... Also, not only do they make the bottles in the factory in Williamsburg, Virginia, but the raw materials that go into the to make the glass, the sandstone, um, that also is sourced in Virginia as well. Uh, our labels are printed in Baltimore. Our six packs are printed in uh, Stanton, Virginia. And our case boxes are also printed in Baltimore. So we're using not just the ingredients of the beer, but other packaging is produced local as well. That's a big deal for a couple of reasons. So we already know that we, t- we talked about this last week. It is much more carbon intensive to ship glass than it is to ship uh, cans because they're heavier. Um, but the reason why it's so carbon intensive is because of those transportation emissions for the most part. So if we're getting the glass from close by, you're sort of holding those things harmless. Exactly. Um, that's exciting. Thank yeah. you for doing that. Um, so other than the Virginia grown wheat and the wit, and I know you use it in the tidings as well. Are there any other local ingredients that you're experimenting with? Yes. And we're making a beer this year, uh, that's going to be part of the beer grown here campaign. Uh, that will incorporate the uh, Virginia wheat from Bay's Best Feed in Heathsville. Um, And we're also looking at a maltster uh, that's on the East Coast as well. Uh, There's a company called Proximity Malt, and they have a a malting operation in uh, in Colorado, and they've recently opened a malting operation in Delaware. And so um, our brewmaster, Jonathan Reeves, has been traveling up to uh, visit the maltster and to get samples, and we've been uh, brewing pilot batches with this local malt. So if it works out as planned, and so far things look pretty good, uh, beer grown here could become uh, part of every beer that we make. That's unbelievable. <laughs> so basically, t- two out of the three main ingredients are coming from right around here. Correct. That's a big old step in the right direction. Well, it is, and don't forget the water. Uh, beer is 95% water most of the time, sure. and it certainly doesn't make sense to ship uh, something that is 95% water long distances. Mm-hmm. So uh, drinking local beer is inherently green. Heard, chef. <laughs> Thank you for that. I hope every, let's repeat that a few times in this chat. Um, okay, so let's zoom out for a second. What are the top three or four variables you're considering when you're thinking about ways to improve the environmental integrity of your beer? So we talked about ingredients, we talked about packaging. What else is there? Uh, the machines that we use, the equipment that we use. Uh, we have uh, modern brewing equipment. We've bought everything new. It's all been custom built for us um, from our, our, our partners. Uh, JV Northwest built our brew house. Where's that? Uh, it's in Portland, Oregon. Oh, so it's U.S. Awesome. made. <laughs> um, and 
this equipment, the more modern equipment is more efficient and it uses less resources. Uh, we just installed a new bottling line also over the past year. Um, portions of that machine are made in the U.S. Uh, the main equipment was made in uh, with German engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, but that also is a very efficient line. It's using much less energy and it runs much more quickly. And it's also contributing to the quality of the packaged beer in the end. Awesome. So you're minimizing any kind of liquid loss in the brewing process because you're using super efficient brewing technology. Efficient equipment. We did an environmental study. Um, One of our uh, beer guides uh, does environmental studies for companies to help them improve their carbon footprint. And he studied our water usage. And because of our efficient machines, uh, we're averaging uh, much less than the industry average. The industry average uh, it takes about seven gallons of water mm-hmm. to make one gallon of beer. Wow. And our study found that we're using about four and a half gallons of water to make a gallon of beer, which is much more in line with uh, more efficient breweries. If you look at New Belgium mm-hmm. um, in Colorado, they're one of the leaders in sustainable brewing, and their average is 4.1 gallons of water for one gallon of beer. So we're almost in line with someone like New Belgium, which uh, we're very proud of. So it really seems like you're looking at this from a very holistic approach. We're talking about where the, where the wheat is coming from, where the malt is coming from, where the glass is being produced, how far it's being transported, and then how much water is being wasted in the brewing process. And you're, you're looking to minimize all of those things along the way. That's correct. And as you always say, every little bit makes a oh, difference. And while we're a very small uh, brewery, in the scope of things, uh, every little bit that we can do to help, uh, we, we want to try to do that. Progress one sip at a time. <laughs> um, so let's talk about food waste for a sec. So it's a huge issue because making food is so energy intensive and because decomposing food creates global warming emissions in our landfills. What types of food waste are generated in the brewing process and what do you guys do with that waste? Uh, well, spent grain. Spent is, grain. That's the, uh, that's, that's the biggest food product that we have to dispose of. And um, we work with a local farmer. Um, he's located in Front Royal, Virginia. And he comes to us every week and picks up our grain and takes it back to the farm and uses it to feed his farm animals. And he also uh, resells it to other farmers in uh, the Virginia Piedmont. So he's reselling your spent grain? Yes. So it's even if he's not able to use it all, he's distributing it amongst his network. That's correct. He's, we're producing more than he can handle at his farm. Sure. So he, he resells it out in the market. It helps keep him in business. It pays for his gas. It gets rid of a waste product for us. And it works, um, it works at every level. Um, what's also cool is that it's feeding his animals and he resells the meat mm-hmm. uh, to local restaurants. In fact, we're, we're, we've got a beer dinner scheduled where he's gonna be the meat provider. Uh, so the, the meat that's coming to be cooked for this dinner was fed on the grain that we made the beer that's gonna be served at the dinner. So it's kind of this full circle uh, environmental loop. In the, so is that Sierra Linda Farms? Yes. Yeah, yes. we actually sell their beef as well. Oh, that's and right. That's right. You guys did an event uh, we for did. Beer Week. It oh. happens to be extremely delicious. <laughs> um, and it, it doesn't hurt that the farmer delivers himself. Yeah, um, definitely. And so when I know that the that the feedlot is being nourished on your spent grain, and then we can sort of close that loop by making that beef available to our community, it's pretty special. Definitely. Um, so is there any waste product other than food waste created in your brewing and bottling process? Uh, yeah, there's a, a byproduct called trube, which is uh, the hops and the yeast. 
Uh, we reuse much of the yeast. We can repitch the yeast in later uh, batches of beer, uh, up to seven or eight generations, depending on the strain of yeast that we're using to ferment that beer. Uh, but the hops, once those are spent, um, they just become brewery waste, and that goes to the to the municipal uh, water treatment facility. Got it. All right. That makes sense. So, everyone, we're talking with Bill Butcher, founder of Port City Brewing Company in Alexandria, Virginia, about the process of making delicious craft beer with environmental integrity. We'll be back in a moment to dive into the debate about craft beer pricing, and I suspect you'll be surprised by the tact we'll take. Back in a sec. Welcome back. This is Everyday Enviro on Full Service Radio, a show about the small things you can do to reduce your personal carbon footprint. I'm Danielle Vogel, owner of Glens Garden Market, and I'm joined today by Bill Butcher, founder of Port City Brewing Company in Alexandria, Virginia. We're talking about making craft beer with environmental integrity so that we can all drink it with full confidence that by doing so, we're making environmental progress one sip at a time. So, Bill, over the years, it seems like Port City has become more and more environmentally responsible. What's motivating that evolution? You know, a lot of the same reasons that you opened Glenn's Garden Market. It's just, it's the right thing to do. Um, it's what people want. And it's just the right thing for a business to do is to operate in the most responsible manner possible. For sure. Uh, we're not perfect, but, and certainly we're just a small um, player in the landscape of beer but we're doing what we can for the environment that's awesome um and also frankly it's just good business right I it mean, is you don't want to pay a lot of money for inputs and then have a high waste quotient in the production process that just simply doesn't make sense it's just inefficient right it's silly um okay so but apart from the environmental innovations you've introduced into the beer making process of which we've learned there are many have you been able to introduce any environmental features at the brewery itself so things like compost or recycling programs or encouraging staff to bike to work or, I mean, anything like that? Yeah, we, have, we worked with the city of Alexandria uh, to get a capital bike share cool. program in the works. That's awesome. Uh, so that's, that's, um, that's in the works and so should be installed soon. For those of you who have not visited Port City Brewing, Brewing Company, you should make a point to do so ASAP. But the brewery is about three miles from the King Street Metro. So the fact that there's a bike stop right in front of the brewery is going to help get folks <laughs> to the tasting room. That's awesome. <laughs> Um, so I know that the brewing community around D.C. is, is tight um, and collaborative. Are any of the other local breweries doing cool environmental stuff that you admire? That's an interesting question. Atlas Brewery in D.C., uh, I believe they are completely solar powered, yeah. which I think is really cool. Totally. Um, if the state of Virginia would ever... Uh, get more modernized as far as uh, getting some some help uh, as far as installing solar the coal uh, dominated be, state of virginia it seems <laughs> we would improbable. be on board with that yeah exactly <laughs> um so what additional environmental improvements are on the horizon for you guys any pie in the sky ideas you know we 
are always looking for different ideas. We're always looking at other breweries to see what they're doing. You know, Atlas is a great example. And when we can find good ideas, we also have a very creative team yeah. that also is out in the in the beer community all the time in different breweries, and they come back to us with with great ideas. And so I like to think that it's an ongoing conversation, and it's always things that we're looking to improve. Yeah, that's that's the fun part of having a young team. Um, <laughs> I found that it's sort of integrated into the DNA of the generation after ours uh, to be deeply committed to waste stream management. And so I have learned certainly over the last six years that my team is going to have a different set of environmental priorities than I might have even been aware of. And it's really fun to give some of those ideas momentum and, and backing and uh, over time to integrate them when they're appropriate. Definitely. Um, because you really can go a long way when you pay attention to good ideas. Yeah, there's also things that we do in the tasting room, and these are things that, um, you know, they do, we do them because they make sense for the business, mm -hmm. but they also are uh, sustainable. Uh, we don't use any disposable, um, any disposable cups or any disposable uh, plastic in, in the tasting room. Nice. Everything is glass. We wash all the dishes, so we're reusing everything. And of course, uh, growlers. Mm -hmm. uh, reusable growlers is a very sustainable way to transport beer and to enjoy fresh beer at home. And that's something, it's something that we in the beer world take for granted now. But when we opened eight years ago, we had to teach people what a growler was. Mm -hmm. It wasn't something that you could get at the corner grocery <laughs> store all the time. Yeah, that was about the time that DC was deciding whether they should let grocery stores fill growlers. And I remember the ANC meeting where it was just completely, the notion of a growler was <laughs> right. bewildering. And I remember one of the ANC commissioners thinking that it was kind of like people could bring in their empty gallon of milk and just have it filled up with beer. Right. And it was, we've come a long way. <laughs> yep, education is a big part of, uh, <laughs> of what you guys are doing and of what we've been doing. Indeed. Um, so is there an environmental challenge that you've encountered in the course of running your business that you're still struggling to solve? Or do you feel like you're making good headway? I feel like we're making good headway and we try to accentuate the positive and focus on what we're doing well and find the things that we aren't doing as well and try to do them a little bit better. And that, yeah. that, that really spans across everything we're doing from brewing better beer to um, treating our, our, our employees, giving them better benefits, mm -hmm. and always looking for ways to just make where, make Port City Brewing Company a better place to work. Very cool. So what sort of benefits do you offer? Uh, we offer, we have a retirement plan. We, we have um, an IRA plan that we implemented over the past couple of years, and the company matches a certain percentage wow. of the wages. We offer uh, health care. Uh, to all of our full-time team and all of our full-time team also get a $50 gift card uh, that is redeemable in the tasting room so, oh, that they can, cool that? so that they can buy beer and they can bring their friends and family in um, and drink at discounted prices. And they can know your beers and recommend them with pride and confidence. That's right. So I think what I'm hearing is that not only is Port City leading the way, environmentally speaking, but they are also an active community participant and they are probably leading the way industry-wise on from that perspective as well. We're trying. We, we do what we can, and we, we're always looking to try to add to our benefits in ways that are meaningful to our employees and things that uh, are sustainable for the business, that the business can afford. Of course. You can't make any change if the lights go out, right? Exactly. So that's, that's awesome, Bill. Thank you for doing that. Um, so I want to shift gears to engage you in a conversation that is likely to make both of us squirm a little bit. <laughs> um, so craft beers, Expensive when compared to industrially made nonsense in a bottle. True. But in my opinion, very reasonably priced, all appropriate things considered. The fact is the inputs are expensive between well-sourced ingredients, properly paid staff, and constant mindful innovation to keep things interesting, exactly like what we've been talking about this morning. 
Um, and on top of that, the little guys don't have the same economies of scale as the behemoths. And so the unit economics of a local craft beer will forever be fundamentally dissimilar to those of a Bud Light. So it's not Pilsner to Pilsner, so to speak. But I want to get your thoughts on a debate I've been having with my team. We talked about wit a little while ago. So at the bar down the street, I can get an optimal wit for seven or eight bucks. At Glen's Garden Market, since the day we opened, a wit will set you back $4. (laughs) There's a reason for that. I believe in the wit, not just because it's delicious, but because it is the representation of our mission and values in a glass. However, a couple of months ago, we started taking a hard look at our beer pricing and decided to make some changes to align our prices with the brewery tasting rooms around town, yours included. Mm -hmm. We had a bit of a throwdown internally because I adamantly wanted to keep the wood at $4 to continue amplifying demand for it and getting it into as many pint glasses as possible. In my opinion, the wit is the antidote to industrially produced beer. I wanted the low price point to drive volume and increase demand. And I was looking to channel our power to sell a bunch of $4 wits to put our money where our mouth is and endorse the good environmental choices you're making at Port City. But my team, felt that keeping the price artificially low devalues the work you, your team, and your vendors are putting into your beer. They worry that selling the optimal wit for about half of what everyone else gets for it could give the impression that it's not an ultra high quality product. As the least expensive beer on our tap lineup, to those making their choice on that criteria alone, my team was fearful that it could read as the cheap option. Mm-hmm. Bill Butcher, what say you? <laughs> Uh, I believe that craft beer, uh, while it is priced higher than mass-produced beer, it's still an everyday luxury. It's Mm -hmm. something that people can afford on a daily basis, and it's something that uh, the going rate in the D.C. market is about $7, sometimes $8 a pint Mm -hmm. uh, for a good quality craft beer. Um, As the producer of one of those great quality craft beers, we like to be in line with with where our competitors are priced. Mm -hmm. We don't like to be... Um, seen as potentially the cheaper option. Our, our wit beer is not less expensive to make. Uh, obviously, we put a lot of heart and soul into it. We put a lot of uh, high-end ingredients into it. And we believe we're charging a fair price uh, to our wholesaler, and our wholesaler is charging a fair price to the retailers. And where it ends up in a, going across a bar is usually around 7 or $8 mm-hmm. in this market. And that seems to be the going price for for beer all across the market. And we believe that we deserve a similar price. Uh, Heard. Okay. All right. The guys will be really pleased to hear that. Some of our neighbors may not be. But at the end of the day, what we want to be doing is showing you the maximum amount of respect for the effort that you're putting into this beer. Well, we certainly appreciate that. And you probably will get some grumbling from some of your your regular customers Mm -hmm. that are used to paying $4 a beer. Cliff, are you listening? (laughs) But Danielle, I've been telling you for years since you opened that store that $4 is is a very, very low price uh, for good quality beer. Uh, You're not wrong, my friend. Thank you. Uh, Some of these lessons are harder for me to learn. (laughs) A little bit stubborn. Okay, so we've learned a lot today about what goes into producing local craft beer in an environmentally sustainable way. And now we know with unshakable confidence that the easiest move we can make to exercise our environmentalism is to tip a pint of local craft beer. You don't have to tell me twice. But before we end our time together, let's take a moment to reflect on why climate change is worth even attempting to address at the personal level. It's huge and complex, and at times it seems well beyond our control. 
but it's not. This is your moment of motivation. New Belgian Brewing Company did an audit of the carbon footprint of their fat tire beer and found that it would take an average oak tree about two years to sequester the amount of carbon dioxide emitted in the production of a single six-pack. And almost 25% of beer's carbon impact comes from refrigeration at the retailer. Unless you shop at Glen's Garden Market, where we're 100% solar-powered. So the fresher the beer is, the better it is for the environment, because naturally, less time in refrigeration. And just like with wine, most of the carbon emissions from the beer industry come from transportation rather than production. So reaching for a Bud Light that may have bopped across the country in the back of an 18-wheeler is much harder on the environment than choosing, say, the Optimal Wit from Port City Brewing Company in Alexandria, Virginia. So that leaves us with a pretty easy rule of thumb. When choosing beer at the grocery store, drink local. It's better for our local economy, and it's better for our environment. Bill, this has been so fun and interesting. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Danielle. I've enjoyed being with you. Awesome. And thank you for listening to Everyday Enviro. Next time, we'll be talking with Zach Clark, a good friend and dedicated composter, about how to start a composting program at your home or office. Talk then. Bye, friends. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at Full Service RDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.